Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Unblocked Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Smarrow, and today we are gifted with the presence of Miss Sarah Rose as a guest. And uh, Miss Rose here is the founder of Happy Pursuits. And in Happy Pursuit, she coaches new entrepreneurs and other coaches with a focus on getting them to the place where they're making money doing what makes them happy, which of course is something that we're going to spend some time exploring today. But for now, welcome, Sarah. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I have to tell the listeners that, um, a little confessional here, that originally I was going to call this episode F Words with Sarah Rose, (laughs) because (laughs) when I think of Sarah, I think of flow and freedom and fun. And honestly, every time I talk to Sarah, like we'll be in group settings or we have a, a, you know, a monthly mastermind we do together and she talks and my inner monologue is yelling more. Like I want to hear from her, talk more, say more, show me more. So of course I had to have you on the show, Sarah, so that you can tell me all the things that I can tap into all inner wisdom of Sarah. So I love that. And those three words, you know, you kind of offered them to me. And I was like, oh, it's so interesting to recognize how people see you from the outside. And I think just that exercise of sometimes getting that feedback is just really useful information to have. So thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Of course. And that's really, as you say that I actually do that with clients. Sometimes I'll have them send some questions to some people in their life that they love and respect. And one of it, you know, is to ask, you know, what do you see as my strengths? What do you see me getting? How do you see me getting my way? What do you see me contribute? And it is super fascinating to one, see yourself through the eyes of somebody else. But I noticed when I did that exercise myself, I noticed it's really interesting to think about how, what versions of myself I let be seen by certain people right? Because we show up, sometimes we show up different in different settings and we show up, maybe you get to see the whole pie. Sometimes you see a slice of it. So I at least got to witness the flow, freedom, and fun version of Sarah. Mm, You know what that makes me think of? Have you ever seen that Dove campaign where they had people show up um, to get their portrait drawn and then they were made to describe themselves to this portrait artist and then they made the drawing and then they had someone else come in and describe the person in front of them. And then the portrait artist drew their portrait. And it was always so much kinder when a stranger was describing them than when the person themselves was describing themselves. So it was just a really fascinating exercise. Uh, I think we would all benefit from looking to people around us for that kind of information because I think that reality is a lot kinder than we make it out to be a lot of the time. Oh my God, that's so good. And I haven't seen that, but I'm for sure going to YouTube it. But with, I'm sure along with everybody else who's listening, we're all going to go YouTube the dev ad of drawing from the perspective of ourselves and others. I like that. So I want to like, I want to dig right in. We're like, I think I just mentioned that Sarah's company or that her business is called Happy Pursuits. And one of your taglines is, become your happiest testimonial. And from the outside, it certainly seems that you have. So for people who don't know you, I want you to tell that, like, where do you live and what is your life right now? (laughs) Yeah. So right now I'm living a more digital nomadic life. I came down to Mexico, Playa del Carmen for a vacation and a couple of days in, I 
thought to myself, well, your work is remote and your clients are all over the world. So what are you doing? Why would you go back? And I decided to pick up my life and move down here. I went home just to kind of get things sorted. And it's been amazing to kind of exit what sometimes you just assume is the way life is supposed to be or what you're like, you think you have to achieve certain things before you go out and live a certain life. But transitioning over to living in another country has been so smooth and simple and has just made me value that much more a big part of what I work on with my clients, which is making sure that you get to the place where you're living the life that you want while achieving your business goals. Because if you aren't living the life that you want now and you're waiting to live that life until you hit your business goals, you never learn how to have both at the same time. Oh, oh God. And I feel like that I'm like, is a little gut punch? Anyone else listening, feeling that? Because I, I mean, I think whether it's a business goal or it's anything, imagine the things that we put these, these benchmarks, right? Like, oh, I'll get to live my fullest life when I have a partner, a significant other, when I weigh a certain amount, when I get the job, when I get this salary, or to your point, like when I get this business that to the place I want it to be. And like what you're saying, it's like, we sort of run the risk of losing out on our life, right? It's sort of that, that arrival fallacy, right? The story that we tell ourselves that when we get there, whatever the there is, somehow that's going to magically be different. And I'm going to have this whole different experience. Yeah. There's a meditation teacher that I follow named Emily Fletcher. And she talks about this. I'll be happy when syndrome. And the problem is like anything that you put after the I'll be happy when (laughs) always gets replaced by something else because happiness isn't an arrival point. It's a habit. You have to practice it to get good at it. And if you aren't taking charge of your happiness now, then your happiness is always going to be something fleeting. Always, And it's, it's so confusing, right? For so many people because, and on some level, we all know that like, that, you know, weighing less, earning more money and all of that, that those are things that sure a lot of people work towards, but we all know of people who have those things and would not necessarily describe themselves as happy in their lives. So you can be happy and have those things and you can be unhappy and have those things. That's right. Well, and so you I don't even know if you mentioned where you were before. So you went from oh. Canada, <laughs> right? You went from Canada to Mexico, just from one end of uh, the continent to the other. The death um, of winter uh, to the right, eternal like, summer. <laughs> a slight upgrade in weather, yes. So, and you kind of, you were starting to mention, you know, sometimes we think that there are these these things that we have to have or we have to have accomplished before we can live this life of of sort of paradise, right? In Mexico, Um so tell, what are some of the things, because that's what the, the, this podcast is called the unblocked podcast. Like we talk about those things that get in the way, the things that we think need to be different, the blocks that we tell ourselves that have to, like those things that get in the way of us being able to experience what already is like the thing like you're saying, is like the happiness, the joy, the paradise, the life that you want. You could choose to live that right now. If we, you just let go of some of the story that you're telling yourself, so what was some of that story that you were that you were telling yourself before I could live this life of paradise I these things would need to be in place that you sort of challenged by just doing this now. Yeah, so one thing for me is during the pandemic 
I went through the roller coasters, like a lot of people, um, especially on the personal front. I ended up being in a relationship with someone for four months. And at the end of the four months, essentially what happened is it, it turned out that that person was a fraudster and had emptied my business bank account, maxed out my business credit card. And it was one of those rock bottom moments that's completely out of left field. And, you know, I thought I needed to recover from that in order, like in the sense of financially and um, all of that in order to open myself up to some of the experience that I was experiences that I was working towards. But, you know, I think one of the most healing and strengthening things was, was doing the work to be able to come down and, and move here and change my life now. Uh Mm. And so again, like when I look at Sarah and I see her post or like, you know, we're chatting and she's just in lovely Mexico on this, you know, turquoise, beautiful water. Um, sometimes we can think like, oh, you know, it must've been so easy. Or of course, like you were just on this trajectory that was going to lead to being in this incredible place, but you've shared a little bit, um, on social media about some past experiences. And you just shared, for example, that experience with your business and financially, like what there, it hasn't been this picturesque like pathway to paradise. Right. So maybe tell us just a little bit about that. And then what was that turning point? Um, for you to say, yeah, I'm just going to go all in on the life that I want now. Yeah. And I went all on it, all in on it for me. And I think, I think that's an important thing to mention, but yeah, it's so easy to get caught up, especially with the doom scroll and social Mm -hmm. media and all of that of, of thinking, oh man, like other people have it so much better than me, but you know, we're all out here having a very human experience. And for me, I would say that you know, my life is so beautiful and what I share is so beautiful online. And also my life is so beautiful because of what you don't see. And that's, you know, all of the work that I've done to be able to look at my life and say, like, what does it mean for me to live my life all out? I would say that a big piece of that was a forgiveness journey. And in my experience, a lot of the entrepreneurs that I work with end up finding their pathway back to things that they have yet forgiven the people in their lives for, or themselves for essentially that end up being these huge roadblocks to allowing themselves to, you know, get visible or interact with people, put themselves out there. It's a lot of the stuff that we don't really conventionally hear talked about when it comes to business and marketing, but like, there's a reason why, even though you feel like you know what you need to be doing, you're not doing it or you end up overdoing it without really the results to show for it. And I think it has a lot to do with what our nervous systems are holding on to. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot of the work that I dedicated myself to doing myself to be in integrity with, you know, living by what you preach. Mm. Can you give us one? I'm sure there were many things, but think like when, because I think forgiveness is such a loaded concept for so many people. And so out of the, just the process that you've gone through, is there one thing um, that you might share? Like this was an area where I practiced forgiveness. This is what it looked like. This is what it looked like before. This is what the process looked like. This is what it looked like after. Mm. 
Yeah. So I think for me, one of the most pivotal moments in my life. So, you know, my programs, happy pursuits. And I, and I talk about happiness because for so long in my life, I was really unhappy. I struggled with mental health issues, chronic depression. I went through a lot of early life traumas and things that for a lot of people end up kind of running the show for the rest of their lives. And it almost cost me my life. So that was kind of the turning point for me is um, on the eve of my 18th birthday, I just really could not conceive of more of a life of suffering. And so I ended up waking up on the day of my 18th birthday in the hospital after trying to take my life. And it's one of those things that like you scare yourself with that, that there's a part of you that's willing to take your life into your own hands and just kind of like throw it away like that. And waking up in a white room with a window that opened inwards, you kind of feel like a zoo animal. Mm. So um, my case ended up kind of falling through the cracks for various reasons, but it kind of forced me into this reflection about life, like what it means to live your life. And I was just kind of confronted with something that we don't usually think of, which is like, you know, living is actually a choice. Like we're born and that doesn't really feel like a choice, (laughs) but living that's a choice. And it's not a conscious one for most people, but the truth is that at any moment you could decide that your life isn't worth living. Mm. And what I came to realize is like, that would really be the worst thing that you could do because how do you know so far, right? Recognizing the choices that you have and the capacity that you have to choose better for yourself is some of the most important work that most of us never get shaken out of to, to mm. recognize that a choice exists. Oh, I so you said capi- capacity to choose better for yourself. I love that. Yeah. Like, I think that really, truly living is something that you give yourself. Mm. It's even, I would say gift yourself. Oh, it's yes. Gift. Like the life that I'm living now and the life that I see so many of the people work who work with me now living it it's, it's a gift. It allows them to be present in their lives mm. to the present that is yeah. in the now, not chasing some happily ever after out in the future, but living it now. Yes. And that's the areas where sometimes like overtly Sarah calls me out on, but also just like sometimes with her posts and things that she says, I'm like, Oh, she, I took a screenshot of something you posted the other day. It was like, well, and if you want to be a life coach, like have a life outside of your business. And I was like, who's she talking to? Like, why is she calling me out on the internet like that? <laughs> because when we're not, again, I, I talk about that on the podcast a lot. Like if I'm not paying attention, I really run the risk of like what you're saying. I'm re- run the risk of not giving myself the gift of being in the present moment and in the now. And, and I think of, and I think of forgiveness in that way as well. I know that's what you're sort of talking about is these processes of forgiveness. And, um, so often I think when people talk about forgiveness, we think about sort of absolving people of a wrongdoing, but I think of forgiveness as a gift, um, in that it's like, it's the gift we give ourselves to let go of the stories that we've told, right? Like we had a certain perception of something and it's a forgiveness process to be 
able to let go of that. Like I had a certain, I thought that this was wrong. I thought that there was a pain here. I made this mean something about myself. I think this is the most powerful form of forgiveness. Things happen in our lives and we make it mean something about ourselves, about who we are. And then we carry that story around with us, right? Somebody did something that was hurtful. There was a trauma, a traumatic experience. This thing happened. And I made that mean something about me. I carry that story and I let it impact how I show up in life. So I think of forgiveness in that way is that I forgive myself for believing this thing. I forgive myself for believing something that didn't serve me or who maybe could never truly be true about me. And I let that sort of dictate my life for a while. And so the forgiveness, I think of it in that sort of two part, like forgive me for holding on to this thing that was never true and forgive myself for forgetting the truth of who I am or the truth of what life is about, which is like you're saying, it's always a choice. Right. And that we, I can forgiving myself for believing that I had to do all of these things before I could give myself a life that felt right for me. So, yeah. I mean, sometimes forgiveness is something we choose to gift to others. But most of all, like forgiveness is for you to give to yourself. Yes. And as you were sharing your story, Sarah, what um, came up was a phrase. And actually, I'm going to share this. And then there's like a story that kind of goes along with it. that's related Um, because the phrase that came to mind was everything that is beautiful doesn't come from beautiful things. And Mm -hmm. I heard I heard a woman say that on um, April Frank's podcast. I heard a guest say it on her show. uh, And I'm talking about April in a second. But I think, yeah, this idea that like everything that is beautiful doesn't come from beautiful things in, in the the podcast episode she was talking about, she used examples like diamonds and truffles, these things that come from that's like diamonds are rock that's like buried in the ground. It's dirty, um, but it gets, it's transformed into like a high value item. Right. And I think, and truffles are these things that are grow under roots and trees. It's like dirty. And then they sell this as an expensive, you know, item in the food, in the markets. Right. Uh, and I think it's, um, a good reminder that we're not defined by where we came from. We're not defined by a starting, by our starting point, right? Like we not, yeah, everything that is beautiful doesn't come from beautiful things. Um, The Buddhists have a saying, no mud, no lotus. Yeah. It's like, it's by pushing through the mud that you cultivate the strength to flourish in your life. Yes. Yeah. And just a total, this might be a total pivot, but just because I brought up April Franks, I have to share this because <laughs> um, it's, it feels particularly serendipitous because like Sarah and I were sitting at a table <laughs> the first time that I met April Franks in, per- in person. And I'm saying first time because I just feel like probably we're going to meet and like, we'll probably be on each other's podcast someday. So just putting that out into the universe, April, if you're <laughs> listening. Um, but we're sitting at this table and, and April comes up and I was was like decidedly unchill. And, and like, and let's be honest, I had like that entire week, I had zero chill. <laughs> there was like none to be had for me. I was totally geeked out. And you and, were definitely chihuahua breathing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, which, and like, listen, you guys, like you, for those that don't know, Sarah, she is the total opposite. Like she has all the chill, which is partially why I was like particularly drawn to her and her level of chill was this, everything I'm describing here was totally confirmed by a fellow coach, um, who happened to be walking by while we were sitting at the table. And, 
uh, I, I, I had never met this woman in person before. Um, this was, this was another woman, Maggie is her name. I had never met her before. I don't know, Sarah, had you ever met her in person? No, I hadn't. Yeah. Had so we, neither one of us knows women. like within about 14 seconds of meeting us, she's like, Jess here, like, I'm going to need to, like, I'm writing you a full on intervention. I'm going to need you to calm the F down and like, get out of your own way. Uh, and then she looks at Sarah and she's just like, oh, this one here is Zen. And I was like, well, Damn it! <laughs> like, I'm like I'm in the Zen free zone. Uh, I I have no chill and no Zen. Um, and Sarah's just this beautiful embodiment uh, of all of that. Uh, but still, we don't use that against ourselves, right? Like, but um, chill is not something that necessarily comes um, naturally to me. But Sarah, Sarah's like a walking embodiment of the Zen chill, calm. Yeah, calmly. What was that? What was the word you used to describe yourself? calmly charismatic is that it quiet charisma oh quiet charisma yes like I remember a lot of people used to because you know you have those people who enter a room and like they let it be known that they're there you could feel their presence in that way but there's sometimes there's people who enter the room and you just don't have to say a word but like when they speak up everyone gets quiet and listens (sighs) That's kind of the feedback that people were giving me. You're like, that's why I give off. Right. And it's so interesting because I am totally drawn to that energy. Uh, The last podcast guest um, that I had on, it was the same thing. Like I, I was like, yeah, I just wanted, she was so quiet and I just wanted everyone else to stop talking. And that's the same. It's the same thing I have with you. Like when we're on our group calls and you like start dropping these like morsels of wisdom and then other people start talking. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's just, can we all just be quiet and just let Sarah keep existing? And we just like can benefit from that. (laughs) So you're exactly right. You have that energy that like just this quiet, profound wisdom about you. Yeah. It's lovely. Mm, But I feel like I'm like nudging these little boulders with my nudge, my nuggets of wisdom, because at the same time, like the conversations that unfurl around me all the time are so rich. And, and I don't feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm just like nudging the conversation forward, but the way it just unfolds a lot of the time is because it invites forth in other people, the richness that they're just keeping inside themselves. Mm. So. Yes. Yes. Which again, that's when I thought of the, um, the title of this podcast, it really came from this idea that so often we like, we're on the search for this external thing, right? We think, and especially those of us who've been like sort of type a perfectionist type, it's like, there's one right answer and it's out there somewhere. And it's just my job to find it. If I get enough knowledge, experience, information, A's, whatever, then like, I'm going to find this answer. And it's like, no, no, like you're saying like the wisdom, it's actually, there's so much worth and value and wisdom within. We just have all of these layers over top of that. And instead of like peeling back those layers and going inside, we're busying ourselves looking to external authority figures, external sources of quote unquote, right or wrong. Um, and so, yeah, so, so like what you're saying, it definitely confirms why I'm so drawn to you because yeah, there's that essence about you. That's like, you know, I'm just like moving, just like moving the dial a little bit for you to just see what's actually inside of you and make some space for that. Love it. Well, I love what you just shared. And I think there's something important in there in the sense that 
you know, we're so, so many of us are so much in the habit of, of looking for those external references and constantly trying to fill up on all this wisdom. But I think you reach this point where it's like that Socratic awareness of like, all I know is that I know nothing. And (laughs) I found that one of the, you know, the states to cultivate in walking through this world is curiosity because you can't possibly know it all. And so when you learn how to just be super curious about the people around you, it relieves you of all of that pressure of needing to know, like you become more comfortable in the not knowing. And ironically, what happens is you end up knowing so much more. (laughs) So it's this dance, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's actually my meditation. Like like hurts your feelings a little bit like, oh Lord, that feels scary and inviting all at the same time. And it does, you know, but it's like my meditation teacher shares the saying, um, I forget who it's originally attributed to, but essentially it says, love tells me I'm everything. Wisdom tells me I'm nothing. And between the two, my life flows. Mm. And it's kind of like an in-breath and an out-breath, right? Like there are these moments in life where we experience just like that fullness of a breath and like the sweetness of an exhale. Mm. And you could focus on that state of empty. And I think that's you know, the void that so many people are trying to fill like in a hurry. But Mm. if you're trying to fill that in a hurry, instead of being in the contentment of empty and just the lightness of that, it's, you know, back to that sense of like that chihuahua breathing. And so many people are going (laughs) through their lives like that because they're like, there's a little bit of empty. It's like, I need to fill that, right? Like I need to fill the knowledge gap and I need to fill the the wealth gap and the happiness gap and every, every kind of gap instead of just being in the space and like honoring that there's going to be an oscillation between both. And the more that you can recognize that as just the natural state of existence, the fuller your existence. Oh, God, that's so good. And actually, and while you were saying that it, it made me think, um, again, the name of your program is happy pursuits, not pursuing happy or the pursuit of happiness, but rather happy pursuits, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not about pursuing this thing, but right. Like you're saying, no, if you could actually just allow the process, allow the pursuit or allow the isness, right? Like that's what you're saying. Like the, if we can allow what is in every moment, whether it's the sensation of the fullness of a breath or the sensation of the space on an exhale, like when we can really lean into it is what it is. And it's meant to be because it is like that. Just even when you think, I mean, for those listening, if you just think that like going into your body and feeling this in your body, when you think that thought, like this is happening exactly as it's meant to, because it is like, how does that feel in your body? Right? Like that feels like a calm, certain, like for me, that's, that's joy. That's contentment. That's happy right? Like when we can honor that, yes, it is happening exactly as it's meant to. And just thinking, and now if you just multiply that experience, this moment now, if you're just like rinse and repeat for the duration of your life, you're like, yeah, that's happy pursuits, right? Mm. And it's like so many of us can take a moment to like be there and feel that in our bodies, but like, do you know how to stay there? Do you know how to like relax into the space and create from this space? Because the reality is, and a huge, 
you know, reason behind what I've created and am creating with my clients is that a lot of businesses end up going under entrepreneurs end up with like this in a state of like hypoxia of like (laughs) not (laughs) oxygenating themselves enough with those moments. So they're hustling, right? They're always reaching for that next thing, doing more, better, different without being able to be in that place of deep appreciation for, for what's good, for what's working, even if there's an opportunity for improvement on the back end of that. And constantly again back to the the breath example right is like if you're not having the fullness of a breath and the fullness of an exhale in your in your business what ends up happening is it's always like right you're constantly panting and if it, it feels like survival and that's the reality of it for most entrepreneurs out there it's like mm-hmm. just like a constant grind a constant survival thing and a lot of people's nervous systems end up completely fried, burnt out. And if they're creating results, like it feels miserable. And so it's like, it's a very confusing place to land either way. Cause on the one end there's, you know, people feel like they know what they should be doing and they feel like they're not doing it and they don't understand why it has to do a lot with like the state of your nervous system. And then on the other hand, you have people creating the results, but it just doesn't feel anything like what they thought it would. So getting to the place where when you check your money, like, does it feel like happy money? Do you feel like your life is happier in the having of it and in the giving of it as well? Right. Mm. Yeah. What is the state of your money? Yeah. Well, and I mean, in your whole life, when you were talking about, um, like we talked about just like, just creating that experience, right. When I was like, Hey, everyone could go in your body and like, and pause there for a second. And then you're kind of challenging us like, yeah, can you live and create and work from that space, from that emotional experience, from that physical sensation, that vibration in your body. And to me, I'm like, that's like the whole work, right? That's life. That's the whole, that's the exercise. That's the, that's what this whole human flesh suit experience is for experiment. I think of it as right. Is like, can we, cause, and I'm going to get a little woo going, going to go there for a second, but in that, like that moment, right. When you go in your body and you feel that, like, I truly can just accept what's happening in this moment. And I have that feeling of sort of contentment or happy or joy. It's like the work is it's like, it's like yoga. It's like, you know, in yoga, you get into your goal is like you get into the optimal blueprint of alignment for your body, right? It's like you stack all of your muscles and joints and bones into the place where it's in optimal alignment. And then you move into a different position, right? You're like, okay, I'm going to go from standing here in mountain pose, just feet flat on the ground, standing straight up erect. I'm in full optimal alignment. Can I now transition to downward facing dog? and still maintain that optimal blueprint? Can I stay in alignment even when I move into these different positions? And that's like what came to mind when you're describing that is like when we get into this state, it's like so often we we sort of isolate that experience. It's like, it's, we're on the meditation pillow, right? Or we're, we're doing a quote unquote spiritual practice, or we're being our intentionally best selves here. And we confine that to these, these isolated spaces in our life. 
instead of being like, no, the point is bring that off the meditation pillow, bring it off the yoga mat, bring it out of your, you know, place of spiritual worship, right. Or whatever it is, like bring it off of the golf course. If that's like for you, right. For those bring my husband in the situation, like wherever your source of joy, where you're in that place, it's like, can I take it out of those places and actually bring it with me as I move into these different positions, quote unquote, in our life. That's like the work, right? Yeah. Yeah, And I used to teach yoga and a lot of my own teachers would really emphasize that, that the yoga isn't what happens on the mat. It's what happens afterwards. And you don't meditate to get good at meditation. You meditate to get (laughs) good at life. Uh And, you know, back to the yoga example is like, one of the things though, is like, you can get so impressed with these really flexy poses, right? And there's so many people who try to like pretzel themselves into a pose, but the only way that you get yourself there is by meeting your edge and learning to soften. And like when you allow yourself to be in the pose and to breathe and to just exhale into it and let yourself be there, all of a sudden you realize you're like, Ooh, Uh (laughs) my hands are on the ground or, Ooh, I went like a little bit farther. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's, it's yummy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, I'm like thinking, okay. Yeah. And off the mat thing, like when I think about meeting your edge and be willing to soften, like, what does that look like in relationships or in work, you know, in our business or in, um, you know, these, or even in a task, right? Like anything that we're working to do, what would that look like to meet your edge and be willing to soften? So if there's something that comes to mind, Sarah, for you, like, how does that look from like an applicable standpoint? What would that look like in daily life? I guess it depends what facet of life. And I think we would all benefit from just kind of sitting with every area of our life in that question and -hmm. thinking about what comes up. But I guess In terms of business, one of the things that I love to offer people is the exercise of beginning with the end in mind, Mm -hmm. like decide ahead of time, how many hours you want to be putting into your business, decide ahead of time, what you want the results of, of the having to look like in your life, because, you know, that's what you realize is like, it's to break out of that, oh, I think I need to like have this so that I can have that is like, if you design into your process, a lot of the time it happens so much sooner. Mm -hmm. And then you work around that. Like one of the things, um, someone that you and I had the chance of seeing in a conference, Chris Hale, he talked about this idea of like using constraint as a way to invite in innovation into your life, like using your limitations or your perceived limitations as an opportunity for innovation. And I think that's a big part of that. Mm, Yeah. Oh yeah. I love the example just for listeners who were not at this conference with us. Some of you might have been, but um, he was, he is a dance instructor or he was in a previous life, right? He, um, and he was talking about teaching dance to kids. And he's like, young kids, like their go-to move is just to like flip their leg up in the air. And I'm like, Lord, Lord help us. If at 40, if I could still do that. Um, but so he's like the, because there's no creativity, right? Like they're not exploring what's beyond their edge, beyond their limitation. When their go-to move is I'll just like kick my leg up into the air. That's my dance move. So his constraint was you have to keep your feet on the floor 
right? Your feet have to come to stay on the floor. And when we think about that, like, and sometimes we have these things that feel like limitations and then we're like, oh, now I can't dance, right? But when we can allow that limitation or imposed kind of perceived limitation to be a source of creativity, to be a source of exploration, it's like, yeah, then the kids now they're like, now we're doing body rolls, right? Now we're dancing and doing, you know, like we're turning in circles and our arms are waving. It's like allowing. Yeah, I like that. Allowing what um, what can come when we really stretch ourselves to lean into the discomfort of, um, of, of what's not habitual really. I mean, that's what we're saying is like this thing that just becomes so habitual. We think that that's our path. This is dancing. I just kick my leg in the air. And when we take away that thing, sometimes that can be really scary. Like if, if it's, if we use a business example, if you're like, this is my path to success is making widget a, and that becomes unavailable. You're like, Oh, that was my path to success right? Leg in the air is the path to dancing and widget A is my path to success in business. It's like, oh, actually, if we say that's no longer available, then what else can come up in you that might, you know, that might evolve and present things that you never would have, never even would have occurred to you or presented itself to you if you had stayed sort of on the other side of that boundary, on the other side of the edge in your comfort zone. Yeah. Like even an example would be in business to like write out all the things that you think are going to be required of you to grow your business Mm -hmm. and then find something that's not in there. (laughs) That's completely (laughs) different because I see that so much with the people I work with and a lot of the people who are um, able to like break through really quickly from where they are, the ones who are able to open their minds up to thinking outside of the box um, Mm -hmm. of not just looking at what the people who in air quotes seem to be successful are doing, like posting all the time and starting that podcast and all of that, but are able to just be like, those are things that I might fold into my business. But if I think about, okay, that goes off the table like uh-huh. doing the social media thing, the funnel things, whatever. And that might be part of their business strategy at some point. But if we take that off the table for for a time, then what do you do to grow your business? And a lot of the time it just reintroduces a very human approach. Well, I go out and I meet people face-to-face or I reach out to people and ask them like, hey, would you hire me? I'm, you know, um, uh, specializing in this. And I know, I think it could be really fun. Why don't we pop on a call together and chat about what that could look like, right? We forget all of the stuff that used to happen before the interwebs and social media and all of that. But there, a lot of the time that can be a great way to catalyze some growth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think about it, um, even, oh, yeah, there's like such a restriction again, when we're looking to these external things that tell us this is how we're supposed to do something. Yeah. It becomes, such a, it's, it feels so, is this what you're talking about? This is like where things can feel like the path to misery, where it's like, then we're constantly living somebody else's life, right? Like if this is the way that I think it's supposed to be, and you're like, no, no, what if we took off the table that you're supposed to do it the way the quote unquote experts did it, or somebody else that we think is doing it right? Like that's their version. And if we take their version off of the table, then you lean into what else could be true? What else could be possible? What's right for me, 
right? And you think about like the stuff that, you know, we get jammed up. We have a version that we say, this is the way we're supposed to do it, right? In business, it's like, these are the steps one through five, do these things. And on the other side is the success you want. And you're like, oh, this isn't working. But think about how we do it even in personal life, right? Like we're people pleasing. It's like, oh, the way that I get to feel happy and the way that I get to feel okay is if I contort myself into all of these different places and versions of me so that somebody else will be happy. And so then if they're happy, then I get to be happy. And you're like, so when you were saying that, I was like, what if you put, took people pleasing off the table? If that was no longer available to you, what else becomes available? What else becomes possible? Oh. Well, and I think just breaking out of the mentality of thinking that you can just check things off the checklist and that that's just going to equal us. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> Sarah, quit that. calling me out <laughs> on, the, on the podcast. No, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those damn checklists, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, tell me more then because you know, like that's one of my things. Like, um, and, and I don't want it to be, but like that's for sure a default, like this, but as you're saying this, I'm like coaching myself right now. Like, okay, then what if, again, if it's like leg up in the air is no longer on the table, checklist is no longer on the table. If that no longer became the thing that I was measuring, like, am I doing this day right? Right. Like, did I get through what I needed to get done as evidenced by what was on the checklist and I got them checked off. If that was no longer available to me, how would I do daily life? I want to like die a little bit right now, even asking that question. So that tells me the work is for me, but tell me, Sarah, <laughs> what comes up? Well, I think that? like one of the the barometers to check the temperature on that is to say like, how authentic do I feel in my business? Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that I see happen, especially with new entrepreneurs and, and people who are new, newly certified is there's such a like hurry to start making money. Mm. And one of the things is, okay, that uh, that's valid on, on some level, but what's missed in that a lot of the time is like in that hurry, all of the rest gets like shuffled off to the side. And that's where then there's this confusion of like, who's going to tell me what I need to do and what the steps are and, Mm. and all of that. But if you aren't doing your own great work in your life, that's going to affect the potency of any next step that you take in your business. So it's not that we want to take like all actions off the table and and all strategy that's important and it has its role, but we just want to like be backing that up with making sure that you're working through the things that you think need to be different about yourself for you to have the results that you want in your life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you said something to me once, like, are you doing tasks or are you living truth? I was like, well, all right then. <laughs> like, but for sure doing tasks, y'all, we were for sure doing tasks. Um, and I think, you know, this is where sometimes it can be seemingly tricky, right? Is that it's not, it's not like what you're, you're not saying like, okay, just, you know, float on your floaty in the pool, which is something I would, would love to do. Like, <laughs> just say, yeah, no, like, we're just doing nothing because this feels like my truth. And I think that honestly, for our overachieving hyperachiever folks, that's one of the lies, right? Is that if I just allowed right? Instead of pushed, then it's like, I would do nothing. 
right? And not, and it's it, because it's not, so, you can't know this until you experientially know this, that when you actually are in that, like you said, in that sort of like, does this feel authentic? Does this feel like truth? Am I coming from like, am I coming from my highest self or like from the neuroscience perspective? It's like, am I, am I taking action from my prefrontal? Am I taking it from my, the executive part of my brain or am I taking it from this sort of primitive survival part, which is where that hustle energy comes, right? Like it's pushing, it's that urgency. It's the fast pursuit. Like you were talking about Sarah. And we think that that's the that's the only way like we, we wouldn't take action if it wasn't coming from survival. Um, but that's the farce. Right. And again, I don't think you can know it um, until there, until you have those experiences of doing it like, Oh, I was so motivated to take action. Like, and it came from such a creative driven, passionate place versus a scarce, urgent, graspy space of that sort of survival side of ourselves. Well, hustle is always going to be at the expense of yourself. Mm. And it's like, is the work that you're doing in the world allowing you to, does it feel like it's something for yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> or do you feel like it's costing you yourself? Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So oh. there's strategy in, in business and in anything else, but there's also the work of building the skills that strengthen your integrity. Mm. Yeah. At the expense of you or for you. Whew. Yeah. See, that makes me want to go into a whole nother podcast episode. So I, I have no idea how long we've been talking. I just looked at the time and I'm like, well, see, I'll just keep talking to this. Is how I do. And I bring guests on. I'm like, do we just talk forever? Because, um, it's juicy and talking with Sarah just feels like a warm blanket of truth. Uh, and it's like triggering all of that. I mean, it's like, yes, this is truth. Let's just stay in this space. Um, but we'll we'll do this in a dosing. So we will. So I will start wrapping up here. Um, but before I ask my last question of our conversation, I want you to tell the people listening where they can find you so that they can keep experiencing the essence of you and um and just benefit from the wisdom and truth that you put out into the world. So tell them where they can find you, Sarah. Yeah. So if you're an entrepreneur or a coach who's been struggling to get yourself to the place where you're making a full-time living, doing what makes you happy, then you can hop on over to happypursuits.co. So that's happypursuits.co. Or you can always connect with me on Instagram. I'm at coach with Sarah. Yeah. So good. She puts out some great content on there. Um, okay. And sometimes it like calls you out and feels like a little bit of a gut punch and that's fine too. That's what we need in life sometimes. Also so some good laughs and some good nervous system hugs. That's right. It's, it's all of it. It's so you good. sound like a boxer. <laughs> oh yeah. That's right. I'm all like, it's so violent. Go there and get beat up. <laughs> Sarah's like, um, or also we're doing just like central nervous system regulation. You see, you feel the difference of, of this is why we need Sarah in our life. Um, so my last question for you, ma'am is, uh, what does it mean to you to live an unblocked life? So for me, leading an unblocked life means learning to see that your choices are always going to be greater than your life circumstances. Ooh, dang, your choices are always going to be greater than your life circumstances. Oh man, I'm going to like sit with, I feel like I need a journal on that one, you guys. (laughs) That brings up, (laughs) that's beautiful. And I, yeah, like I actually invite all of you to sit with this idea that what if you're, 
we forget, right? We think that our choices are defined and limited by our life circumstances. What if it's not? I love mm. that. So well, good. What if you look at everything in your life as if you had chosen it? Oh, snap. What if you looked at everything in Mic your drop. life? Mike, yeah, on that note. All right, y'all. Well, I hope that Sarah has delighted you all as much as she does me. Be sure to follow her um, on social media, find her so that you can experience the joy that she is. Um, and as always, if there was something in today's episode that you think would benefit someone you know, be sure to spread the good word. And if you haven't already, done so, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode of the Unblocked podcast. Until next time, my friends, stay open, stay free.